Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group's Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Step Series. Uh, let's have Joey up now for our joke. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> A snake walks in the bar, and the bartender says, How the heck did you do that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Um... I'm a recovered alcoholic, and my name is is uh, Megan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you for joining us tonight. In a minute, uh, we're going to start our two-minute uh, meditation. So please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that um, uh, make noise and might or will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Uh, let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the steps study tonight. Is everybody ready? If so, let's start the meditation.
Okay, if everyone will join me now in the frog, in, in the fog light prayer. God, God let your love shine through me like a fog light. So those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. Uh, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that uh, we have discovered a common solution. Uh, we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Mark to read Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. Uh, we read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what uh, one is. Good evening, everyone. My name is Mark, and I'm a recovered alcoholic spiritual experience reader. Hi, Mark. So here, I'm going to read spiritual experience, obviously. Spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means a rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God-consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. 
Um, okay, so please refrain from disturbing others by talking or, co- or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane mode or just turn them off. Um, so now I'd like to introduce our speakers tonight. Um, we're doing a new format for this session. We have two amazing speakers, so I'm very excited to hear what they have to say tonight. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Marlene, alcoholic. Hi, Marlene. <clears throat> Woo! <laughs> Marlene. All righty. So we're here to talk about... Step one. Yep, yep, yep. And share our... Experience, strength, and hope. Amen, amen. <laughs> and uh, what we've been through together as friends. Yeah. And what we've been through individually and how our path has unfolded through the years. I've known Marlene for many moons now. It's like, whoa. My sobriety date is October 19th, 2000. Mine is uh, September 12th, 2006. These are the years that we surrendered. Mm. And they are so important and as Marlene and I have moved along in our journey, our recovery, our complete and total surrender, mm-hmm. we've shared a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of joys and a lot, a lot of tears and a lot, a lot of surrenders. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this is our first time, really our second time. <clears throat> Many moons ago, we did something similar not quite as uh, this. This is a nice little. Yeah, it's intimate. Yeah. intimate. If you could see the room where we are, it feels like home. Amen. You know, it really mm-hmm. feels homey and cozy, and what a great place to see the people. And you know, I guess before we begin, it would be a nice to say a prayer um, to get us going, to get us started. And so we say. God, God, thank you for the people and before for us, us, the company beside us, us, and the and love, love between us. us. So Amen. we'll begin sharing about our experience. And Marlene, earlier when we were talking, because we talk frequently, uh, one of the things I said, it came from the book. It came from the book. Who cares to, com- to admit to complete defeat, right? Not me. Right. And not me either. I didn't want to admit to anything at all. And, you know, what, what, what made you do it? I think that, uh, you know, staying the same was just too painful. And, and just that pitiful, incompre- incomprehensible, demoralized feeling that I had when I was done. You know, I finally got honest. And... Uh, and I couldn't, you know, before I could be honest with you, I had to have that self-honesty. And I, you know, I knew I was an alcoholic for probably 10 years before I was willing to do anything about it. And then, and then even then, I was, I was only willing to do so much, you know. I had to change everything. When I went to uh, my first meeting, it scared the heck out of me, you know. There's only one thing you've got to change, everything. But, um, you know, as time progresses, I've learned that 
I can, you know, I can do anything bite by bite, little by little, mm. like you've always shared, inch by inch. And um, that self-honesty is what gave me the freedom, you know, the freedom to try a new way of life to, um, because my way wasn't working anymore. And um, so I was desperate. I had that gift of desperation. Mm. And, um, and you were my God. You know, I, you became my higher power, for lack of a better word, the group of drunks, G-O-D. Yeah, and then eventually I found a relationship with God myself through through working with a sponsor and working the steps and just coming to lots of meetings. Things began to change. But in the beginning, you were my guy. You know, a group had more power because I was powerless. I was so powerless. I was powerless not just over my drinking and drugging. I was powerless over everyone and everything, you know. Mm. Yeah. We've talked a lot, uh, Marlene and I, amongst ourselves about what made us get here. And certainly pain is a great motivator. Mm. And my pain came from my own suicide ideations. Mm. And um, I hate to, I hate even still saying that, but Mm. that's part of my truth. And it hurt. It was really painful to think that I could even think like that. Like, why would I want to end my own life? But when you keep adding alcohol and booze and alcohol and more booze and alcohol and more booze, it's like this, I I just couldn't take it. And I remember that coming to that complete powerlessness where, you know, I finally had gone to a doctor because, you know, when you're when you're trying to get to sleep at night and you're drinking, drinking, drinking and you can't stop drinking and you finally just pass out. And when I tried to stop on my own, I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. So then, of course, I went right to the doctor. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. And he gave me the news. He gave me a bottle of pills, sleeping pills. I thought, all right, this is good. So I started taking the sleeping pills. And then, of course, I went back to drinking. And when I went back to drinking, I was still adding the pills. So that's a problem, especially if you're thinking about killing yourself. And, you know, when I think back to that, you know, 20 years ago, I remember one night I, I really wanted to push the envelope. I took an extra pill and I felt I woke up. And there, I was in a room like, you know, my own house. I was sitting like where Mike, you guys are sitting. The ashtray was right there. The phone was right there. Because, you know, we like to drink and dial, right? Late, <laughs> at night, late at night. And I came to, and man, I'll tell you what. I, I had a couple more incidences. And finally, at the uh, little party that I went to, uh, that was it. And I called a guy in AA and said, I need help. Mm. And he had a girl come pick me right up and take me to Casino Serenity, an AA group in mm. South Jersey. And I felt like, thank God, like we admit it, it not just me. We. Not, yeah, right. And we've talked about that we, that wellness, not just me. I love hearing other people say they're alcoholics. But the sad thing was, people, I didn't really want to say I was an alcoholic. And you didn't. <laughs> I didn't, And you right. didn't for a long time. I didn't. No, I did not. Um, I would say, hi, family. My name's Isabel. And I had a couple of people come up to me. How come you never say you're an alcoholic? I said, why should I? I want him. Right? I want him. And I didn't want to, I, you know, there's no humility in that. Mm. 
There's no, this takes humility. This step one takes humility, that complete and total powerlessness admission. And, you know, it was like, man, what? And Snow was the one that said, how come you didn't say you were an alcoholic? Because I spoke a dry dock nine, ten years later. I said, why should I? Same thing. She said, because I want you to. I said, okay, boss lady, right? That's right? She said, you need to say you're an alcoholic. This is after 10 years of going to AA. This is after foundation building time. You know, I went to meetings a lot. And meeting makers make meetings, right? And it's great when you're getting started because we don't know who's out there in Zoom land, right? You don't know, I don't know. Marlene and I asked each other, like, what do you think? And there's newcomers out there. I know there's newcomers out there. You know how I know? I called them. Okay. I called them. I texted them. I said, get on the call. Yep. Welcome yep. home. <laughs> yep. So I know there's newcomers out there. And I also, we also know from going to a lot of the same meetings together that it's not just newcomers mm. that need to surrender. It's old timers too that need to surrender. Sure. And it's like, you know, it's about asking ourselves questions because I think, like we said earlier, I felt like I knew I had all the answers. I didn't even know what the question was, right? But I had the answer already, aim, shoot, fire, or shoot, fire, aim, whatever. And, you know, if I was to say to you, what is that? You know, what does that represent? Surrender. Just surrender, Dorothy. Just surrender, Marlene. What do you think? For me, it's it's asking for help. I was way mm. harder than saying I was an alcoholic. I knew I was an alcoholic for 10 years, long before I made it to, to meetings. But to say I needed help was, as I've been sober now, you know, I'm in my 15th year, I realized just how much I was running on self-sufficiency my whole life. And so to admit that I didn't know something or to admit I needed help was so hard. When I came in, I didn't ask, I didn't even get a sponsor. Like, that's good for you. I don't need a sponsor. And the longer I stay sober, the more I I realize how much I need you still more now than ever. Um, So, you know, asking for help was the hardest thing. And it still can be hard for me. Um, You know, today it's not about the drinking. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to drink today. I don't want to drug today. But I do feel powerless over a lot of things that are going on in the world and in my own personal life. And I want to control. And then I get irritable, restless, and discontent. And then it stirs those feelings. And not necessarily I want to drink, but people around me want me to drink, if you know what I mean. You know, they're like, you need to chill out. Because, because I, I've become the director. And um, so for me, uh, I have to, I, there's days where I have to surrender hundreds of times if I'm going through turmoil. Uh, but I have to surrender every day, and not just my drugs and alcohol. I've got to surrender everyone and everything. The only thing I can control is my attitude and my actions. And you know, I, I was—I had a fight with my husband last night, and mm. I had, you know, and my kid, my son too. And I was just not feeling spiritually um, centered at all. And to come and do a talk on step one, I was I was perfect. <laughs> I'm powerless, and you know, I'm no guru. I'm no I'm no expert, but I can share about how I've had to surrender and just let go because it's through the letting go that God comes in. And so before I came tonight, I did, you know, three, five minute meditations um, on Insight Timer and I did a lot of reading and I prayed and I felt centered. And it's just that simple. But why I don't reach for God every time I'm in that 
in that state. I don't know. I'm just, I've got like a thick head. But it works, you know. It doesn't work as quick as drugs and alcohol, but it works. Prayer, meditation, right. reaching out, our literature, calling my sponsor. I talked with her today. Um, so, yeah, yeah, surrender. I Let it go. Yeah, and, you All know, the, the question behind that is how do I... How do I hang on, you know, because I know tonight somebody's going to want to drink, right? Despite this little talk, despite this, somebody's going to want to drink tonight. And how do they hang on? And they hang on by letting go. Hang on by letting (laughs) go. And Claude and I were talking about that earlier. So, so many of the things lead into other things. And I loved, you know, when we were talking the other day about... Um, surrendering and the easiest thing to do is ask for help. Mm-hmm. I like the God help me. Mm-hmm. I like the three simple words, God help me. And the reason why I say that is from my own experience. You know, a lot of you know I'm from Jersey, right? And Philly. Florida, Philly. You know, I got the whole <laughs> map covered here. But years ago, when I was in the throes of my alcoholism, And I had gone to AA a few times, but I certainly wasn't really ready to 100% concede. And I was in Wawa. You people might know Wawa, but Wawa is a corner store where I'm from, where you get your smokes and your lunch meat and and your coffee. So I was in there in the morning, and a guy named Tom Sharkey saw me. And he knew me from AA. And he came right up to me, and he said, all you have to do, Missy, is say, God help me. I went... Tom. I didn't want to hear it. I wasn't ready to hear it. And I now know that when I had to surrender after the whole big, you know, going to the doctor, getting the news, getting the bottle and having those suicide ideations run, I'd be better off. This is terrible Mm -hmm. when we think like that, but alcohol wants us dead. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. I mean, how many of you have felt like that? Like, it's no good. I'm not going to get it. It's over. And I, you know, a lot of times when Marlene and I talk, and, and others, that we we do a lot of camaraderie in our little we circle, do. you know, we have fun. Of, of centeredness and connectedness. There's a lot of friendship and fellowship and joining together. One of the things, and it comes from the big book, you know, about don't lead with your chin. Mm. And I like to think of it as getting knocked out. You know, I had to get knocked out to wake up. I had to get knocked out to surrender. And sometimes people have to go through a lot of stuff to surrender. Mm -hmm. They have to get fired from their job. They have to get not one DUI, not two DUIs. I don't know how many DUIs you got out there in Zoom land, but DUIs are happening, especially now. Some Mm -hmm. people are just coming through from New Year's Eve, right? You know how we like to go? We don't want to stop. We want to. We are so defiant. That defiance is such a big characteristic mm. for us. I'm doing it my way. But when you get knocked out and you can't get back up again, if you're in the ring, you need a hand. You need somebody to say, help me up. I need that hand. You've seen boxers in a ring that go down. They're not getting back up again. They've been KO'd and there's no place up but up if they can get up. And once we do surrender, we make that admission. Um, I like thinking forward like we're in this first step. So we admit it. 
you know, she had her date, I had my date, you all have your date, the date that we know not taken anymore, then, you know, here we are knowing, we find out a little bit, right? We came in and what did you find out, Mar? I mean, what did you find out after that surrender? Remember, we talked about it, about what the problem is, you know, with the malady. Oh, the threefold illness, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the um, spiritual malady, which is the disconnection from God, um, the mental obsession, which is the, you know, gotta drink, 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 And then the physical allergy, which is, you know, once I take the drink, you know, the drink takes me and then all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a threefold illness and... And I can go right back to that in your second if I don't take my medicine, which is meeting mm. sponsorship in this. Yeah. Mm. And I like that our literature tells us, both in the big book and in the 12 and 12, which is our real source of solution. The map. Right. The map. That's design another big living. thing. The map, the design for living, that we have a physical and a mental allergy. And I love the way Mike did that when we did Crunch Monkeys. Mm. You know, we get that thought. It's just a thought. You know, maybe if I only had... And then we finally get this physical thing that's going on, right? Mental, physical, it's a combination. And the only solution for that is spiritual. The only solution for that we know is spiritual. And when we speak of spiritual, we speak of God. G-O, like I like to say, mother-loving-D. And, you know, Mar- Marlene and I have, you know, we, have, we practice our religions. We practice what we practice. But when we're in Alcoholics Anonymous, we clearly define God as... Gift of desperation, group of drunks, good orderly direction, good outdoors... <laughs> All I know is it ain't me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. And once we do the surrender, once we've been down, once we 100% fully concede that we are alcoholic, and we said it tonight, I'm an alcoholic. I know Marlene's an alcoholic. We share that. And we've surrendered. We come in, and she said she was an alcoholic. I said I was an alcoholic. Megan, you said... You were alcoholic. For once in our lives, it's like we finally got honest. Honest. Freedom. Right. So once we get honest, and Marlene, you know, let's get honest with being honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I struggle with honesty. I have, you know, I catch myself all the time. Just sometimes it's just easier to tell a fib than to tell the truth. And, uh, you know, I'm a work in progress for sure. But um, I don't lie about being an alcoholic. You know, I don't lie about the major things that... I'm not a liar, a cheat, and a thief the way I used to be at all. Um, yeah. But, but I can go back to that in a year of second. If I, if, I, if I get away from you and I get away from the practices that I've, you know, I've implemented over the years. So I stay plugged in. I sponsor. I have a sponsor. I go to meetings. I have commitments. So I have to show up, and it's like a self-cleaning oven. It really is. It just works me. I don't have to work it. I love that. It's a self-cleaning oven when we work it. So these are basic principles. Honesty is a principle. Honesty is derived from the virtue of wisdom, 
right? So I don't know much, but I do know that. <laughs> so when we speak of honesty, the, the, the first thing I think of is what a liar I can be. Mm-hmm. And I would like to talk in opposites yeah. because if I didn't admit that I'm an alcoholic, I won't admit I'm an alcoholic. I'm not going to surrender, right? right. I did not admit I'm an alcoholic. I will not admit my life is unmanageable. And if I'm not honest, then I'm being dishonest. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say, oh, hi, family. My name is Isabel. I'm an alcoholic. And then do whatever I want, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we know how that goes. So I just keep doing the same things over without drinking. And that doesn't help. That's not honest. I love what someone said to me that their sponsor said, how much did you lie this week? <laughs> and I was like... And you know what the old, what's the old saying, Marlene? How do you know? An alcoholic's lying, their lips are moving. Right, mm-hmm. right. How do you know when an alcoholic's lying? Because all we do is lie, cheat, and steal about, you know, just ask us what we're wearing. This is a red scarf. I love it. Don't you like red? No, I think it's blue, Missy. No, no. Uh-uh, this is red, honey. Red's my favorite color. And it's, it goes on and ad infinitum about the lying. And I didn't get sober... I didn't surrender so that I could still continue to lie, you know, and it talks about some of these words, these 50 cent words, rigorous honesty. Mm. So I love the fact that it was revealed to me in sponsorship. Ask, how much did you lie? Mm. How much have you lied? Okay, you can admit that you're an alcoholic, but are you still lying about who you are? You know, we're wearing, you guys are wearing masks. We have them too. You, we mask up every day, right? Uh, Shakespeare, what did Shakespeare say, Marlene? We talked about this on the coin. Uh, to thine own self be true. To thine own self like, be what? true. He said a but, lot of things. <laughs> he said a lot of things, right? He's written many books on, but to thine own self yeah. be true. Us alcoholics know that, that William Shakespeare wrote that, <clears throat> and we love it. He also said, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. And one man, one woman, in his, her lifetime, plays many parts. And the mask is revealed in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And if there are newcomers here, if there are newcomers on the Zoom call, you know, what is the most important message we would want to say if they walked into our meeting? And they are, they're here. What would we want to say? Oh, I'd say I'd say welcome home. I would mm. uh, get them a phone list of where and when, and I would get their number, and I'd give them give them my number because newcomers don't like to call that thousand pound phone. And um, I would tell them the things that helped me so much, which is you know, um, you know, call your sponsor, get a sponsor, call <laughs> your sponsor, um, get to meetings, you know. Do the things you don't want to do, I think, the most important thing, which is the, the, the rebellious defiance of, of an alcoholic. The only way I've treated that is through discipline and obedience, and I hate those words. Oh. But really, that's what's given me the freedom I have today. So doing the things I don't want to do, which is you know, being honest and, and, and doing, doing the things that I should do instead of doing the things that I want to do, those things have, have changed the way I feel about myself. Um, you know, Keeping your head where your feet are, because you know, when we come in, we have monkey mind. We're mm. going 90 miles an hour. Um, we're full, most of us are. I know I was full of shame and guilt and remorse. Mm. I hated myself. And the most important thing is to reach out and to ask for help and do the things you don't feel comfortable. Because it's only through doing the things that 
you haven't done before that you get changed. That's how I changed, is doing the things I didn't want to do. And, um, and then you eventually you get, you get your own tribe, and uh, you look out for one another, and they're real friendships. And mm. it's not these shallow, um, you know, uh, disposable relationships. Mm. I have real long, long-standing relationships today that are meaningful. Plus, she knows way too much about me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would tell the newcomer, you know, and welcome home. God, I felt home the minute I walked into AA. I was fascinated with all of you. Remember, Mike? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, know that one of the very first things that when I first went to Stagecoach, Rage Coach Shootout Group in South Jersey, um, quite an interesting group, and thank God I went there because they did teach me a lot of things that helped me stay sober. I built a foundation in mm-hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous there. And one of the things that they, I'm a very visual person, so I like to see, I like to experience, I like to feel, I like to smell, I, I get that vibe from people. You know, I think alcoholics are great at picking up vibes. We know when somebody does not like us, even if they live <laughs> around the corner. Right? I know they don't like me, it's the way it goes. And and we know when people love us, mm-hmm. and we know when people favor us, and that's such a great feeling to walk into Alcoholics Anonymous and feel favored and loved, like the, you finally arrived, mm-hmm. especially for a newcomer, or even an old-timer that's been here a long time and walks into the group where they feel like they're going to thrive and they're going to flourish. And one of the first things about the stagecoach had lots of ashtrays and lots of cigarettes. You could still smoke 20 years ago. I'm so grateful you could do all that. But they always used to say, they always used to say very visually, we don't take the first drink. Mm. We don't take the first drink. No matter drink. what. And I had three months sober and I was going to Italy. And I was, my, my husband was going to take me to meet, my he, was, he was going to take me to meet Pope John Paul II, go to the Vatican, the whole nine yards, right? And I was going to be redeemed. I was going to be redeemed. And you know what happened? You got drunk. <laughs> I got so blacked out drunk. With the Pope. Yeah. Most terrifying thing, right? That's why one sip, Mm. a lot of people who know me don't take one sip. One sip for me, I'm going down for the count. And that's what happened, one sip. And, you know, I had to come back and tell the stagecoach, ragecoach shootout group that I had taken the drink. I thought they were going to beat me up. And, you know, the most interesting thing that one of the, the... memorable people Virgil said to me was where was God Mm. Missy where was God and I said I don't know where God was I know uh, the Pope was there (laughs) I I know the Pope was there and he said you forgot you forgot what we told you in Alcoholics Anonymous that God could and would if he were sought did you see God? Mm-hmm. Well, I did not see God. He said, you sought your husband, <laughs> right? You sought him. And he started quoting from the big book, no job, no, mm. in your case, no husband. We don't drink under any and all circumstances. You picked up that first fatal drink. You didn't go to God. You went to Jim. Big mistake. You got drunk. And, You know, listen, that mistake brought me into permanent sobriety. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I know that there's people here who have relapsed and have been maybe trying to stay sober since January, since New Year's Eve. And tonight might just be your night. <laughs> if you don't pick up that first fatal drink, if you do not pick up that first fatal drink and you do go to God and Marlene again, what is God? Who is God for us? Group. Well, we already said it. The group, group of drunks, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, question. I need you to stay sober. If I can't call her at times when I really need yeah. it, what, what's between you and the drink? The group. Yeah. Right? The group. What, what else is between me and the drink? That gift. Of desperation. I want to stay sober. I know there's people that want to stay sober today. They're hoping, they're praying like a pack of nuns out there that they stay sober. They're, they're praying that they stay sober. And again, Marlene, I love to ask questions. How do you know when somebody's praying? You watch their feet. Amen. It's in their feet. We think it's right here, right? But if you're not doing anything with right here, I hope your feet are moving mm-hmm. somewhere. Okay? I hope that your feet are moving towards a meeting. <clears throat> I hope your feet are moving towards crunch a group, a study, a Zoom call, or something. Yeah. Because without that, without God, there's really not a shot. You know, and, and we define God, you know, we like to break it down, that gift of desperation, group of drunks, and good early direction, group of drunks, gift of desperation, good early. Uh, good, no, great, great outdoors. <laughs> great outdoors. But that good early direction, we have been, as friends, in sobriety, in recovery, <clears throat> looking, searching, reading. Mm. We're like searchers. Marlene, did you see that? Marlene, did you hear that? Like, like we never heard it before. Yeah. It's like, like we were saying the other day, reading the book and going, God, did you know it meant that? Did you know what that means? And finding a new, you know, meaning for it, for our very own lives to surrender if you think you can surrender even more, I'm sure many of you heard of the, the trap door, right? Mm. Oh, I hit a trap door. And it's like, well, I, you know, if I can go deeper, if I can continue to grow deeper in my love for God mm. and AA every day, in every way, and I mean, our, our definition, now I know Marlene really well. And it's another great gift to know the people that you're with, to know the people that you're growing with, to know the people who are inspired to want to stay sober under any and all conditions. So I know for a fact, without even being there, what she did this morning. I know. I know the very first thing she did. <laughs> she's well-trained. She's well-taught. What is it, Marlene? Smart, I have smart feet. Well, normally I'd be on the 8 a.m. meeting, but I didn't make it this morning. But before that, even before Oh, I was praying. Like a nun. I was praying. Praying like a nun. Yeah, yeah. And then I I did yoga. Oh. With all my AA friends. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Yeah. 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 Good. Praying like a nun. Hitting our knees and, you know, admitting this defeat that we're alcoholic, which we call a defeat, admitting complete total powerlessness is also the, the, the other 
really beautiful principle behind what we're doing. Humility. What? Humility. Yeah. Yes. To yeah. have the humility. Well, the humility to ask for help is, mm. yeah, every day in every way with everything. Mm. And there's freedom in that. I know. There's something really liberating when you say, I don't know, but I can find out for you. I don't have to be all-knowing, you know. Um, I think I felt like I had to my whole life. So mm. getting, getting a sponsor and, and taking direction was very hard. So if you're like that out there in Zoom world, um, <laughs> surrender, you know, ask for help because it's liberating. Slide over to the passenger seat. And, and, and just keep moving, keep moving, but let God lead the path. You know, I, um, I'm not very good at running the show, clearly, because it landed me in AA. But I'm so grateful for it, which is proof, once again, that I don't know what's good for me, because uh, the best thing that ever happened to me was getting sober and, and changing my whole life, uh, finding a new way to live through these principles. You know, I didn't mm. even really know what principles were. <laughs> Certainly not in, in how they would apply to my life. Isn't that sad? You know, and then I wonder why I hated myself. Because mm. I didn't have principles to live by. So, yeah, AA has saved my life. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Saved my marriage. Mm. I'm a better mom. <sighs> better wife, yeah. It's a good deal. Isn't that beautiful? I deal. mean, listen out there in Zoomland... It's a blessing to know that we have this gift to turn our whole lives around. I mean, especially when you're looking at a divorce, you're mm. looking at never getting your driver's license back again. You look at you, you lost your certification to practice law. You lost your certification to be a doctor. You lost your certification for whatever it was, <laughs> right? And I always love that because I'm certified up, people. Certified. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I am certified up. And I love it. But, you know, drinking, mm-hmm. you lose all that. We've mm-hmm. seen them. You see them come into the rooms. And you know why they're there. Because they're, they're on the firing line. And they got to go to drug court because they're, they're nurses or doctors or whatever. And they're depending on us. They're depending on AA. They're hoping that they're going to get something here tonight. Mm. They're hoping that they're going to get just one more second sober. Just one more second. And those seconds just continually add up to, you know, the fruitfulness of how we feel, Mm. you know, like so much better than wanting to die, right? Wanting to be married than always saying, I'm getting a divorce. I'm getting a divorce. I'm getting a divorce. I was getting divorced for 20 years. God, right? I mean, holy Toledo. And now I'm like, wow, best thing that ever happened to me. And it's because of the principles. And I love talking about that, that behind we admit it, we were powerless. Then we get to how unmanageable. That took a while. I didn't really see the unmanageability. Me neither. Like, I knew I was an alcoholic for a long, long time, but I didn't see the unmanageability, really. It took years for that. It's such a thick layer of denial. But, you know, and it can still be very unmanageable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those character defects are still alive and well. They're a little smooth. They're a little polished. 
But if, uh, you know, they, and you, when one comes out, they all want to come out to play. It's like you open the barn door. <laughs> and, then, and, then I, and then I have that feeling that I used to feel when I was drinking, you know, mm. that self-loathing. And, and so I know what to do. I know I just, I got I to gotta do a fourth and fifth. I got to clean it up, you know, adjust my behavior. Because, you know, I, those, those traits just don't go away when we get sober. And, uh, and if, we, if I didn't change... The person I brought in, I I would have I would have stayed out. I would have ended up drinking again, because I couldn't stand myself the way I was sober, like looking at myself in the mirror. I couldn't. I had to change all that stuff, but I was very slow in that process, very very slow. But it all hinged on one step. One, that was the gateway to freedom. Mm. That was the gateway to freedom. It was put, putting down the weapons and asking for direction, waiting for direction. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. slow is good. Slow and steady wins slow the race. Slow is good. It's not an overnight. And, we, you know, if you are new, if you have three days, four days, whatever you have, 20 years, it doesn't matter. Because slow is good. Slow and steady. And I love when we were talking about step one because it's really two parts, right? We mm-hmm. admit it. We were powerless. So I didn't have a problem saying I... I was here. I hated saying I was an alcoholic. <laughs> I hated, hated, hated saying that. But I knew I was unmanageable. And how did I know I was unmanageable? Because I had the bottle of pills. I knew I wanted to kill myself. That, I know, you know, that's unmanageable. You got a problem. And I love that Marlene's was the opposite of mine. Yeah. She thought she was manageable, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to say I was an alcoholic. So put those two together, yeah. right? And here we are. 15 years later, friends growing in recovery. I get what she's talking about. And I get wanting to be the director, wanting to show all that's a big part of who we are, right? That I got this. Don't help me. And Mm. I like that knowing when I come to AA, being reminded that God's in charge. Mm -hmm. Right? That God's in charge. I want it my way so bad. I want everything my way. Please, God, give it to me my way. And as soon as I let go of that and accept what God gives, it's so much better. It's so much better. It's like a thousand times great. It's like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. You know? So true. You know, because we have these, we don't come in here. I didn't come in here doing seven acres of cartwheels, right? Mm-mm. I didn't come in here, you know, go tell it on the map. I didn't. Mm-mm. I was despondent. I was depressed. I was like Bill Wilson, totally down and out. And to say to cough up that word, <coughs> I'm not saying it. You know, I'll just say, hey, I'm here. How about you? You know, (laughs) I could get with all that and smoke another cigarette and drink another cup of coffee. But I knew my life was unmanageable. And I did ask God for help. And I continued to hit my knees and beg God for help. Because stagecoach told me that. They said, you better beg, Missy, because chances are you will not make it. You will not make it if you do not beg Sincerely from your heart, beg God to help you. And if you go to bed sober tonight, thank him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I think I can do that. Listen, you people out there, you can do that. And That's I know simple. a lot of people who have been doing it are still doing it. 
And the other thing that Marlene and I talked about that I think is so powerful, I think is so important because of us being seekers and studying and wanting to know, I think one of the most amazing things that has happened is learning really to live. Mm. Yeah, live it, not just read it and study it and write about it, but to practice it in your day-to-day life. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. And sometimes, I don't know, I don't know how it is for you, but it, it just started to happen one day. I don't think I set out to do it. It was just a lifestyle that became a part of my day-to-day life. I think it reveals itself yeah. when we live it yeah. in our relationships. True. And so Pat, my New Jersey sponsor from, you know, she's still the sponsor 20 years. She always said this, this big book, this is about relationships, Missy. Mm. That's what you have to understand because when we're not in healthy, good relationships with people, we fight, we carry on. Don't do that. Stop that. Why are you doing that? Shut the door. <clears throat> you didn't do that? Ugh. You, you know, we're constantly perpetually picking, fighting, carrying on, right? You know. Come on, nod your head if you know, right? Don't act like you're, you don't know. Because we know. Because, especially when we're new. We don't like those people walking in the door. Who is that? Why is she wearing those same shoes? Who is, right? We pick. And we're supposed to be helping people. And we start picking on them. Mm. Why do they talk during the meeting? Why, they're getting more coffee. Did they get up to go to the bathroom three times? And you start counting things they said, like, you know. You know how many times <laughs> they said, you know? I counted it. <laughs> right? Guilty. We start picking on the people we're supposed to be helping. This is a... Mm. So our relationship, and I know you read it today. I know you read with Mother Teresa. I love Mother Teresa. She's the one that says, how do you know when somebody's praying, their feet are moving. Mm-hmm. But she also said, if you're judging, you can't love. Mm. If you're judging them, you can't love them. So I got to be really mindful of these events that happen. Because I go, we go to meetings. Zoom And Zoom has been great. Yeah. You know, no matter what you say, we are still connected through Zoom, through this camera, through the TV, through the phone. You know, phone was pre-Zoom, really, being able to pick up the phone. You know, you didn't get to see the sponsor. You didn't get to see the other person on the other end of the line. But you got to hear them. And a lot of times when you hear people, you feel people. Mm. You know just by the way they say hello. Just by the way they say your name. And you know because you feel their heart. Mm -hmm. And if you are connected to somebody especially hopefully your sponsor, you got somebody holding your hand, you know, like, hey, Mar, give me your hand. I need your hand. I need a hand up, right? I can tell where they're coming from. And then from that, I can help. Um, I also like some of the things that we do when we talk about, you know, this is God and AA, right? And so... When we're God-fed and we get God-fed through all of our literature, mm. all, of, all of our literature, big book, right? Mm-hmm. 12 and 12, right? And we have a lot of other pamphlets and things that you can learn from. But when we are God-fed and we are God-led, 
and our feet are moving towards surrender on a daily basis, and we're staying in step one, right? That's important. Then if we're filling up on G-O-D, group of drunks, good orderly direction, and we maintain a gift of desperation, and we're staying in the great outdoors, <laughs> then we are filled. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think of it as us being filled with that sunlight of the spirit, you know, us being really filled with God's love. Mm-hmm. I don't have that contempt. When he read about Herbert Spencer, right, contempt without Probably. prior investigation, mm-hmm. it's so true, you know, because people are wondering, like, what's it like in there? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> what's it like? And it's great. It's amazing. Look at our lives. Good, good stuff. I mean, yeah. look at our lives because we stuck and we stayed mm. one more minute. One more minute. We picked up the phone. We got on the Zoom. We called somebody. We hit our knees. We said the three famous words. God help me. <laughs> yeah, with complete and total desperation. <laughs> and then we take the booze away. Right, Marlene? You haven't drank yeah. in a long time. I haven't drank in a long time. Right? I got a sobriety date. She's got a sobriety date. I know you all have sobriety dates. And life shows up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it shows up and we do not like it. Mm-hmm. We're not happy. We're not really feeling the joy and we might not even feel free and then what do we do you go to god you double up on everything you know you just roll up your sleeves and you work harder on your program it works it's just more effort right and we keep surrendering and you keep surrendering and you stay connected to all your support group yeah. yeah, hear God. Hear God. Yeah. Hear God. Turn it over. Hear God. Hear God. I can't do it. And that's that very, that we have that other little thing that we say, I can't. He can. I think I'll let him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I can't do this on my own. But we um, can. R- we can. But we can. We can. Through God's grace. Strength and unity. It's that gift that, and the other thing I feel about it that I love is I feel like it's a calling. Mm. It's like a calling to want to go. Like left to my, people go, how do you do that? I go, I don't know. I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want to do anything, people. I'm usually in bed by now. Okay, I don't. I'm (laughs) home in bed. It's Marlene. She'll tell you. I don't. But you know what? When God calls. We accept the call. And we show up. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it helps us. I don't know if it helps anybody else, but it helps us. Well, you know, the other thing that I love, yeah, and this, this is a snow pea thing. It's like when we say yes, when we say yes to God, it's like mm. hitting the jackpot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like hitting the jackpot. People, you, if you're lotto people, you're, <laughs> you're uh, gam- gambling people, gaming people, because I found this out too. Mm-hmm. Every time I picked up a drink, I gambled with my life. Every time I picked up that first fatal drink, I was gambling with my life because we don't know what's going to happen. 
We don't. I know a lot of you have been in jackpots, right? And I'm not talking about the jackpot where you win the triple seven. I'm talking about the jackpot where you got the DUI, you got, you got punched in the face, you got hit down. Yep. You wake up feeling totally demoralized, Mm -hmm. not happy, joyous, and free. You're feeling really like, oh, what happened? You don't even know what happened. And so, but when we surrender, it's like, OMG, I just won everything. Mm -hmm. From letting go. From letting go. It's a paradox. It is, isn't it? How, how do you hang on tonight? By letting go. By yeah. letting go. Just, just for today. Just, just for, for today. today. You can do anything just for a day. I love that. It seems so simple. And it is when we ask God to keep it simple for us yeah. and not complicated. It's just not about drinking right now. Yeah. And immediately saying, God, help me, help me. And I still need help. And I've been doing it and she's been doing it. And we're still going to God. Amazingly enough, we haven't, oh, and there have been times, Marlene, there have been time, time. We have relied on our own selves, right? Oh God. Oh yeah. We're sober, but we've gotten into our own little jackpots. Those defects of character. And then it's like, what do I do now? Right, row. Right. Yep. Oh? Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? Yeah. Now that I've gotten myself into my own little jackpot from doing what I want. Yeah. Not good. I got a call. I got to go to God. I got to go immediately back to God. Try to clean up my clean side up. of the street. Yeah. And that's always, that mm. sucks, really. And yet, you know, I want to remain humbled and right-sized so it's continually Mm, going yep right-sized and humbled because if i think i'm bigger if i think i got this because then after a while oh i forget what they call it i don't even know what they call it when a lot of newcomers come in they start to go to the meetings they start to feel good they start to do good and it's like complacent yeah i got this yeah i got this (laughs) and it's like no we don't have anything we got God. If you got God, you got it all. But if you think I got this, then I'm liable to mess it all up. Mm. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to gamble with my own life under any and all circumstances. I want to make sure I'm tight with God. So I keep going to God. God's the fuel. God's the rocket fuel. I believe that has yeah, the power. Amen. Amen. The higher power comes from God. And with that, Marlene, it was fun. I enjoyed it tonight. <laughs> it's just a conversation. It was good. It was good. You know, and tonight's conversation was just surrendering. Yeah. Just letting it go. Don't drink. We don't have to. Under any and all circumstances. And it, it's been really nice. I'm so it was looking a privilege. For, Thank you. Amen. Thanks for being here, everybody. An honor and a privilege. Always, always, to be always. Of service. It's fun. Thank you so much, ladies. That was <laughs> that was great. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to introduce Joey now um, to do the uh, secretary's report.
Yes, thank you guys. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. I am now Joey, your recovered alcoholic secretary. How are we doing? All right. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. And um, never forget, the baskets are going around in here, but um, you can go to aa.org or um, AA Broward your, or your local intergroup website, and you have the ability to give online, which is a cool thing. So um, go there and help support this amazing program that has been um, uh, using their reserves because of Ms. Vid. So it, we, they could definitely use your help at this time. Um, sorry. Uh, well, I'm supposed to do that. You gotta. All right. I, I, uh, thank you. Accountability, folks. It's important in this program, and God bless it. Um, at this time, I've asked um, the newly glowing Alex to come up here and read the recovered statement. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering. And exactly what that means to be a recovered alcoholic. I'm Alex, an alcoholic. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That prevents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would not be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we are recovered. <clears throat> Thank you, Alex. <clears throat> 1940-style big book sponsorship from forward to the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the, excuse me, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to His loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75 plus percent success rate. Um, at this time, I would love to see a show of hands of all you recovered alcoholics here. And also in Zoom, please raise your hand. Um, and at this time, anyone that needs a sponsor um, in here or in the Zoom room, please uh, throw that hand up if you will be so brave. And all you recovered alcoholics, please reach out to them and help these folks. Uh, back to God, please. Um, a reminder, we have a meeting in here on Monday nights, the Big Book Study Meeting, where the Big Book comes alive. Uh, fellowship starts at 6.30 in the Zoom room, and uh, the meeting itself starts at 7.15. Uh, we'd love to see you there. We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, little red books, big book dictionaries for sale at your local intergroup. Pop on by there. Pick some up. Another great way to contribute. Um, we meet every Thursday, uh, starting promptly at 7.15, with fellowship starting at 6.30, and we ask you to be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. Thank you. See you next week.
I'd like to take this opportunity to again invite everybody to our Monday Night Big Book study. Um, and those who wish to um, can line up and thank the speaker. Um, let us close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you again, ladies, and see you all Monday or Thursday. Thirsty bodies aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah, and I am ready for you to take me higher. Yeah, the only thing that I can do. It doesn't matter.
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Now, growing vines, they 
twist and turn each way Flowers blooming all the time Outside my door Never before I had to change everything To realize That today is the best day of my God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.